Hello there, Chippewa Valley. This is Pastor Paul, and I'm here with Pastor James Watley from Peace Church, and we are going to be talking to a couple medical professionals today just to get a perspective from the docs and just from a Christian docs and just about how uh, we should be looking at things. So um, we're glad you're checking us out. One note as we begin today that uh, we'll have Jake Morris and Joe Williams joining us, and as Paul said, they're both emergency room physicians in the Chippewa Valley, and as they're sharing today, they're both representing their own personal views and beliefs and not speaking on behalf of the institutions for which they work. So with that important caveat aside, Joe, let's uh, start with you. Do you want to just share a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, the degree you have? Sure, yeah. So uh, like uh, I said, I'm uh, Joe Williams, one of the ER physicians here in Eau Claire. Um, I grew up kind of in uh, rural Minnesota and then I ended up, uh, I guess, kind of getting a little bit of a desire for medicine uh, probably through high school. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer and kind of had been very appreciative to the medical staff, the nurses, the doctors that were helpful for her during that period of life. Um, so basically, I ended up going to college at uh, St. Thomas in Twin Cities, did uh, medical school, University of Minnesota. And then after that's when you specialize. So I ended up going to Chicago for three years and specialized in emergency medicine. And then uh, needless to say, after Chicago, uh, my wife and I felt like smaller towns were calling us again, but I still wanted a little bit bigger of an ER to work at. So we basically uh, fell in love with Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and I ended up here. And that was almost nine years ago now. Thanks, Joe. Jake, uh, how about you? Yeah, so my name is Jake Morris. I grew up in the Plymouth, Minnesota area. And I did my undergrad down in Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. And I became a Christian while I was there through Campus Crusade. And I didn't really know what I wanted to go into, but I loved science. And so I was thinking about healthcare. And I did an overseas mission trip to Tanzania. And that really just sealed it for me as a medicine being a wonderful way to provide for people, both physically and spiritually. And then after uh, graduating from college, I went on a year-long overseas Christian mission trip called the World Race and lived out of a tent in a backpack for a year and mm. traveled to 11 different countries all over the world and met my wife doing that. And then we came back and got married, and I did my medical school at the uh, Mayo Clinic College of Medicine and then subsequently went down to Birmingham, Alabama and completed my emergency medicine residency down in Birmingham. And my uh, parents are still up in this area. And my mom has had some health issues as well. And so when we were finishing residency and just praying about where to come, God really opened up the doors to, to come back up, uh, up north. And we're back here uh, in the Eau Claire area. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate that. Well, I think probably the question for the day is, is how did we get into this moment we're all living in culturally right now? And maybe the best way to go after that is just for you guys to share. Uh, what is COVID-19? Uh, I'll start off here uh, for Joe again. Yeah, so it's um, so the coronavirus actually is it's a fairly common virus that we have. It typically causes common colds, um, but this is what they're calling novel. So it's basically just a, a brand new virus that, uh, unfortunately, because it's new, nobody has an immunity to it. So uh, typically, you know, if a lot of us get exposed to colds or viruses, if we've had them, well, we won't get it, but, you know, uh, other person will. So just because you know, you say 50% of people are immune to something. 
it just is that much harder for it to spread. It is bad for people that have asthma or COPD, and this this one is as well. You know, the elderly, the people that are immunocompromised, people with lung issues. Um, the only blessing in disguise for this one is it doesn't seem to be as bad for, you know, infants versus influenza or some of the other viruses. Mm-hmm. RSV is another bad one for infants. Are worse for them. Thanks for sharing with that, Joe. Uh, Jake, if people are looking for just some general medical information that's accurate, uh, where should they go if they want to learn more about this? Yeah, James, that's a great question because right now everybody is talking about COVID or the coronavirus, and you can see information all over the place. And so generally the best places to go, you can look on the CDC website. Mm -hmm. You can go to the Wisconsin Department of Health. And then if you want some more in-depth information, a lot of universities have reliable websites as well. And so you can look at Johns Hopkins has a big page all about the coronavirus. The University of Minnesota has a website called SIDRAP, C-I-D-R-A-P, that has a lot of great information about the coronavirus as well. But generally sticking to government websites or websites from major institutions and Mayo, uh, you'll find more reliable information than what you may say on Facebook or social media, where there can be a, a lot of fear that may be unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. So, so what are, what are some like the health practices that we should practice right now, just in, in general, you know, the, the governor's, um, uh, has, uh, uh, got his safe at home order and just as we're at home and as we're doing those things, what, what, what would you tell us um, that are the best practices? So Joe Williams here again, I, I honestly think what they're recommending as far as the social distancing, meaning try to stay at home. You know, if you don't need to go out, stay put. So that means, you know, if you go to the grocery store, try to get enough supplies to get it to last, you know, one, two weeks. And that's, perfect um you know social distance if i'm not being exposed to anybody or they're getting exposed to me i can't get it now obviously we're not all in that perfect world where we can stay home and you know there are people that need to go out for their jobs grocery store workers healthcare workers you know, a lot of truckers um but the big thing is if you are going out radically <laughs> i i have hand sanitizer in my car and i know that's really hard to get right now uh, but even just as simple as washing your hands which is actually washing your hands with soap and water for 30 seconds is still better than soap and water because it'll, you know, it does get off the, the pathogens or the germs that you have on your hand. Right. Um, you just you have to be mindful of, okay, what did I touch on the way in before I wash my hands? And that's why going out is tricky. And that's honestly why kids in childcare or elementary schools are always sick because they snot on everything and they put everything <laughs> in their mouth and they, you know, they, they're good at sharing that, maybe just not the toys, right? <laughs> well, you know, so, yeah, basically hand hygiene and distancing is really the, the number two thing. You know, in our homes, we've heard a lot about the virus and how it lasts on hard surfaces and things like that. And so I know my wife went through and scoured our house yesterday. I mean, what are your thoughts about that kind of stuff just within our, even our own homes? Yeah, that's a good question. The There has been some research on how long the coronavirus can live on surfaces, and John Hopkins has published some research that on various surfaces it may live three days, four days, potentially. But that said, the amount of virus that is living at that time is extremely low. So it certainly is important to cleanse sort of high-use high, you know, high use areas, door handles, and those sorts of things. Um, 
but generally just getting in the habit of not touching your face, not touching your mouth when you can, you know, covering if you're going to have to sneeze, just doing all those kind of basic common sense things are probably some of the most important things that we can do. And I'll bring up another kind of point that's really important to understand of sort of the reasoning behind why we are doing social distancing, why we are staying at home is that we are wanting to do something called flattening the curve, which I know a lot of mm. people have heard about. But basically what flattening the curve means is imagine if you have a new virus that gets introduced into a population. If everybody is in a crowded area and interacting or say they're all in a stadium together, you know, watching a football game and, and do you know, something like that for days, all of a sudden you'll have a surge all at once of all the people being infected sort of at the same time. Mm -hmm. And what's problematic about that is you can run into a situation very quickly where the number of people who are sick will outstrip the ability of the medical system to take care of those people. Yeah. We'll run out of ventilators, we'll run out of intensive care unit beds. And so what we're trying to do with social distancing is really just slow the progression of the virus through our community and through our country. And what that allows us to do, especially being in the emergency room, is we can have some time to plan and get our resources together and get prepared for in the coming weeks as we expect to see more and more patients. And then hopefully if we have this sort of slow build of patients with the coronavirus as opposed to getting hit all at once, we'll have all the resources to be able to maximally take care of those patients. And one of the issues that they're having in Italy is that they just got hit all at once and they're running out of uh, ventilators, running out of ICU beds. So that's really what flattening the curve is, just trying to slow down um, the spread so that the, the curve of infected patients stays below the uh, resources that we have as a healthcare community. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out, uh, Jake. I know that uh, for Paul and myself, you know, Jacob's well and at peace. When a lot of these recommendations first got rolled out, we were hit by the no 200 or 50, 50 people or more gatherings in person. Mm -hmm. And some of the smaller churches, uh, initially that didn't affect them. And, and really, I think as Christians, it's an opportunity for us to say, hey, how can we be good neighbors? How can we uh, help others? And so even though it's hard, I know sometimes for us to remain uh, socially distanced in this season, it, it really does help you guys so that you can deliver medicine and care for people in a way where you're not overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask this question, you guys. What would you say in terms of finding balance to the person who, okay, I want to take this seriously. I want to do what I'm supposed to, but I, I don't want to be filled with anxiety and be afraid. So how, how would you speak to a person who's just trying to find balance in that? That is a good question. I, I, I think honestly, just realizing God's in control. Um, for me, I don't know if um, medicine plays a role in that so much for me, other than I kind of trust God that He's giving me the tools to be able to treat people at the hospital. Uh, my own uh, sanity for me, it's I, I turn to prayer. Um, you know, I am probably trying to rely more on quote unquote meeting people. Uh, for small groups of prayer. And when I say quote, it means I'm basically doing it virtually, whether it's FaceTime or somebody just introduced something called Google Hangout, which is another great way for, I think a lot of people just to be able to still get that camaraderie, that prayer time and being able to lift each other up in this time that we are having a lot of anxiety. And honestly, I, I mean, even for myself, I'm 
38. I'm not, I don't have asthma. I'm not terribly worried about me getting it, but I'm actually more worried about me bringing it home to my family. You know, I have one oh, of my yeah. sons has bad asthma and this could yeah. be a big deal for him. And I don't want to scare him by telling him that, but it's one of those things that that's on my mind when I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's huge. And, you know, kind of to dovetail with that, Christians have this long track record of helping the sick and those in need. And it was really one of the things that set Christ followers off uh, initially because they would um, intentionally reach out to those with uh, very significant diseases and illnesses and even those that could be contagious. And it was a way of showing the compassion of Christ in really difficult times and seasons. And I'm just wondering, how does your faith, and Joe, you talked about this a little bit, maybe uh, Jake jump in as well. How does your faith influence the way you guys practice medicine? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And it's a, an interesting topic that I've done a little bit of reading about in the last few days. It's just how have Christians dealt with plagues throughout history? And I just read an article from Breakpoint this morning that was titled Running into the Plague While Social Distancing. And I just thought that was such an apt title because it sort of brings about the tension that we're in, where throughout history, Christians have been the ones who have put themselves at risk in order to take care and love their neighbors, really following the example of Christ who took on our infirmities. And there's plagues all throughout the the centuries where it's been the Christians who have been really just standing side by side with those who are ill and putting themselves at risk in order to provide care. But we are in a different situation now where we have this God-given wisdom about virology and about infectious disease. And I think it's important that we don't forget that that is wisdom that God has given us, that we have sort of been able to understand the world and understand nature. And that's one of the ways that we primarily reflect his images in our understanding of nature. And so we're in a different setting now where we do have a healthcare system. We have ways to take care of the sick and we have people who are kind of trained and tasked with that job. But I still think that the underlying principles are the same, where as Christians, we have a wonderful opportunity during this coronavirus um, outbreak of still taking on some of those same principles of I'm going to put myself at risk in some way Mm. out of a desire to love and care for my neighbor. And that may, you know, that shouldn't be, you know, being in physical proximity and, you know, uh, not listening to social distancing, you know, that's not why, Mm. but can I put myself at risk in some other way? Can I, you know, I'm blessed with a paycheck um, during this time. And there are a lot of people who have probably lost their jobs or lost paychecks. You know, can we in some way put our our financial well-being at risk as Mm. we take care of our neighbors? Uh, I recently heard a pastor say that the only thing um, more viral right now than the COVID virus is all of the fear that is surrounding it. And I just think that's so true too. And and like Joe said, we have this understanding that God is in control. His kingdom is completely unscathed by this virus. He is um, not at all shaken by this. And we have that hope that we can offer the world. Uh, you guys probably hear I'm out in the country, so if you hear some uh, some gun shooting in the background, it's not. <laughs> you can, uh, You're not in the ER. Yeah. I'm out, out in rural out in rural Wisconsin. Yeah, this is not coming from the ER. Um, <laughs> but I just think we have this great opportunity, and so you know, my hope in the ER right now is I want to be infectious with peace. I want mm. to be infectious with love and hope and optimism, and I really think that that's what our 
our world needs in this time. And Christians can, in some ways, put themselves at risk in order to provide love and compassion for their neighbors. Yeah, I really like that, Jake. And what you're calling us to is not to take on like a bunker mentality of, you know, um, the preservation of my own security and comfort is, is my highest priority because it's a priority, but it's not my highest priority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my highest priority is uh, to know the gospel, to follow the teachings of Christ. And uh, I just like the, the nuance that you brought there of saying it's good godly wisdom to follow these guidelines that we're hearing from the CDC and the governor and otherwise. That's part of being a good citizen, a good Christian. But with that, there's also the side that says, okay, how is God calling me to greater vulnerability, greater risk in this season to help and care for others? Mm. Um, and I think that can be maintained. I, I like how you pointed um, that out to us. Yeah. You know, I, one of the questions I would have asked you guys to speak to is, is what would you what would you say to the person who who is not wanting to take these things seriously, who's, you know, maybe saying, I'm young and I'm not going to get sick, or, I mean, what, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, like the beachgoers in Florida? Yeah, yeah, some of that, yeah. I guess that uh, I feel like you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for somebody else. Right. So I don't, I mean, you know, we don't serve. I mean, it's tricky. Serve, like, I think that's, like when I serve some God blesses me just by you know to you know go to work for somebody and you know have but in, in this situation I think you know it, it is selfish to think of that and you know I just think of like do nothing out of selfish ambition or being conceived you know and that's yes it's spring break or it's time when I couldn't bring my kids down to Arizona where it's sunny and I you know, where it's cloudy right now, but right. I, because I don't want to add to this. I don't want to, you know, somebody's grandmother or their one. And, you know, Kelly rates are everywhere up in the air. We just don't know it's changing. Mm-hmm. But what we do know can be harmful to, you know, the elderly or the, the people at higher risk. So we want to try to do our best to limit that. And I think we'll be good stewards of that. Yeah. How about you, Joe? What would you say? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, no, this Joe, is Jake. I, I agree yeah. with... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. No, that's good. no, no worries. I agree with Joe completely that, you know, if you're if you're young and you're healthy, that overall your risk of becoming seriously ill from the coronavirus is low. But we're not doing this social distancing predominantly for the people who are young and healthy. You know, we're, taking, we're trying to take care of our, our neighbors who are elderly or we all have family members who are probably at higher risk than we are and so we're taking on the sacrifice of social distancing for their sake not our own right you know what one of the things i would add to the whole conversation is just to remind people that um really it it is an inconvenience in some respects it's a hardship but it's really nothing compared to you know again those in the the healthcare profession who are actually literally stepping into the plague into the into the environments where you're going to be on the front lines and so a big part of it for for me is i i as i've been praying and thinking about you and the nurses and the hospital staff um it's our way of supporting and helping protect you if we can keep keep you know and you two are (laughs) both gracious and 
did not mention it in the spirit of not mentioning and, and making it about yourselves, but I would make it about you guys, that you guys are are serving Christ in a way that by us just doing these basic things of responsibility, man, makes it safer for everybody. And, um, and uh, you know, we're super grateful for you guys. I mean, I think we would be really miss, you know, right, James? I mean, in terms of just saying thank you. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for putting yourselves there and, and then putting your family out there too. We recognize that um, this is a whole lot more significant for you than for um, any of us. And so um, I just want to say thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks. We appreciate it. I can certainly say that in the last couple of weeks, our volume in the emergency department has been lower. And it's because the community has been listening to those recommendations of sort of staying at home. And we're starting to see the, the volume ramp up from a, from a coronavirus standpoint, but we're having time to get everything ready and to get things into place. And, you know, one of the things I think is just so important for us all as, as Christians to realize is that this is a wonderful opportunity in many ways. Yes, this is, this is hard. This is something, uh, 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 certainly a trial. But for those around us who don't know the Lord, this has sort of shown the bankruptcy of a secular worldview. All of the mm-hmm. things that we trust mm-hmm. in, the financial market, the stock market, our jobs, our communities, you know, a lot of those things are threatened. And I think that it's at times like these where people are needing a firm foundation. They're needing something that is unchanging and eternal and maybe more open to it than ever before. And so I just... We, uh, we should all be looking for ways to, to love our neighbors and engage them in those conversations and you know, point back to the God who is in control over all of this in the midst of this time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. What, you know, you guys talked to about, um, I think Joe, it was you that brought up like kind of the importance of, hey, I need to have a Google Hangout to pray uh, with friends and other Christians. What are some of the ways that just the Christian community uh, could support those in the medical profession? And so I know obviously part of that is, well, be socially distant, you know, follow these rules. Um, but are, are there other things that are uh, helpful for you guys? You know, they can pray in general. Anything else that would be encouraging in this season? I, I, I've, I've noticed is even the frustrations with um, limiting visitors, um, you know, trying to be compassionate out there. Like, mm. yes, we don't want, you know, your loved ones ill. Maybe they're coming in for a heart attack, something completely not related to this current. But at the same time, to try to minimize how many people are coming in and out of the hospital. So I'm mm. sorry that fathers and just their spouse that's going to be able to, well, it's not ideal. But once again, this is, it's 50 years ago, we can do these video chats now and you, know, you can see your loved one that way. So we just, I think you just have to get creative in the way. Um, I know that's one of the biggest grievances we've seen at our hospital. And trust me, that we ideally would want you in, but we still have to protect them because we don't want that person from a heart attack now getting COVID. Yeah. But we also want to yeah. protect you because we're going to start getting ramped up here. You know, Chicago's starting to see some of these numbers that maybe New York was, and, you know, we're not too far from there. Yeah, right. And I think uh, kind of what I'm hearing that is take on a spirit of, First of grace, right? That's one of the postures that Christians can take on uh, in any season, uh, particularly this one. I think then a, a spirit of creativity, 
right? You know, if you're reaching out to loved ones, there are ways you can do that uh, in some circumstance without being physically present, right? You know, you can uh, use technology, as you pointed out. Um, I would say, too, just uh, for all my Christian friends, for those listening, I, I would just encourage you pray for those mm-hmm. who are um, uh, either medical providers or serving in a medical capacity in some way, um, because right now, you know, there, there's more that's being asked of them, and uh, it's, it's just the opportune time to call on the supernatural intervention of God and to trust in His power at this time, too. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you guys just is on your heart that you want to share just to the, the churches in the Chippewa Valley and just the, the your brothers and sisters as they're praying for you and thinking about just all that's going on? You know, I'd be happy just to say thank you. We really do appreciate it. I've had a lot of friends who have reached out and just sent me messages over the last couple of weeks, and that care matters. That encouragement really matters, and, and certainly we uh, covet your prayers. And I just think that this is a really good time for us as a Christian community to draw together and really be able to be the church for each other and also to, as you guys have mentioned, kind of learn how to use technology and creative ways to be able to still do ministry and still be connected. Uh, and you know, one of the things I think is interesting is I, I've always been sort of a, sort of a Luddite in ways where, you know, I, I, I have seen how technology has drawn us apart and how, you know, we have more Facebook friends, but not have those real deep, meaningful friends. But in a time like this, it's, yeah. it's really technology that's drawing us together. And we start to realize that technology in and of itself is not bad it's really just our heart behind it and how we're using it mm-hmm. and so you know there's a lot of ways that we can be using technology and phone calls and text messages and zoom and facetime just to be able to maybe be closer together um, than ever in some ways and to be the church more than we've ever been yeah man that's awesome that's great advice can i let i want to just end our time at, at, at with us praying for you guys and for all of our docs and and just let, let me say a word of prayer and um thank you guys for taking time you know uh to just call in and and let us talk to you a little bit let, let's pray father i thank you for uh specifically these two men i thank you father for their heart i thank you for their service i thank you father god for their giftedness i pray you would keep them safe keep their family safe I pray that you would be with all the workers in our hospitals, in our area, in our region, in our world. We would pray, Father, that you would do something miraculous, that this virus would, Father, just be minimized through the actions we're taking, and yet also just through your gracious hand. We would pray, Father, that you would just give them courage and peace and strength, that we all would find the best ways to support them through the process of social distancing and just being gracious if we do find ourselves having to be at the hospital remembering that we're all doing the best we can together god i just pray your peace on this situation i pray that you help them remain calm and be messengers of peace fill them with your spirit i just pray father that you bless them i I pray for all the scientists and all the people who are working in testing facilities that are um, um, being exposed to these viruses and and taking risks i thank you for every person father who um, have been called to be healers. And I just pray you bless them. And um, we are just very grateful for them. And we just lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, guys, thank you for calling in, and we're grateful for you. And uh, we're going to be, we got your back, and we're praying, and we're doing the things we're supposed to. It actually has been remarkable to me to just see that the vast majority of people are doing the things they're supposed to and are stepping up and stepping in and trying to help. And we have a great community, and uh, you guys are at the heart of it. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus in your workplace, and we're very grateful for you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for this opportunity. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's good, James. All right. That's a great call. Well, um, I want to thank everybody for taking this time. And again, want to encourage you, just keep social distancing, washing hands, keep positive. God is with us. And aren't you glad that there's such great people out there? who are serving in their professions in Christ's name. So with that, we're going to say bye. We'll talk with you next time.